Okay, so we are going to be talking about tonight being Makabal Ol Malch Shamayim. So, what is a Melech? Step number one is understanding what is the most basic function of a Melech, a job. When we talk about making Hashem king of ourselves, king in the world, what does that mean? So, the most fundamental definition of a Melech is the one who is in charge of what happens. Specifically, Mishpat. Mishpat is the number one responsibility of the Melech. He is the... uh, He's the one that makes sure that law and order, that there's law and order in the land. That's uh, that's the job of a king. And that's of course, has to do with why Rosh Hashanah, the day that we coordinate Hashem as king, it's also the Yom Adin. It's also the day of judgment. Because those two go hand in hand. The moment we uh, coordinate Hashem as Melech, so then that is Gorim that brings along with it Mishpat. So how do we relate to Mishpat properly in a way that will coordinate Hashem as king? And of course, the incredible structure of the Torah is that the partials of, uh, of these uh, weeks leading up to Rosh Hashanah have to do with the Inyan of the Yoma of preparing us for the Roshana for the Yom of Mishpat. So says the Midrash in Parsha Shoftim. Shoftim Vishotrim. Um, judges and um, officers, you shall appoint for yourselves. Amorebi Levi. What is it similar to? Now, this is a little bit of a lengthy midrash. We'll, we'll chop it up into pieces and discuss it. Bez Hashem come away with a really incredible understanding of how to relate to Mishpat. So, w- what is uh, Hashem commanding us over here? A king has many uh, children and he, the, he loves the youngest one more than all of them. And he has many different possessions, many different properties, and he has an orchard that he loves more than any of his other possessions. So what, should, so what does the king do? He says, I'll give my most beloved possession, which is my orchard, to my most beloved child, which is my youngest son. So that is what Hashem does over here as well, says, says Rabbi Levi. What is the thing that Hashem loves more than anything else in the world? Is that's right? Kani Hashem, Mishpat. Says the Hashem, I love Mishpat. And whom does Hashem love more than anyone else? Of course, that's like Pazik says, Kinar Yisrael ve'ohavehu. Right, Yisrael are the youthful ones, and I and I and I love them. Right, so we have uh, Hashem has this most beloved thing 
which is Mishpat. So he gives it to his most beloved son, which is Klausel. Okay, so obviously a few questions. Um, why the youngest son? What's the Midrash trying to say by telling us that that the king has this has many children, but he, he loves his 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 youngest son the most? So we know the concept. Sova Maseva Mashavat Chila. Rashi talks about it with the birth of Yaakov and Esav. That uh, the concept is that um, when you when you initially envision something. Uh, let's see, the, you know, the, 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 the cherry on top, the final thing that makes it all come together, that's what it's all for, that's only going to happen at the very end. So too, of course, the Jewish people are the youngest nation, all the, all the nations of the world were already formed by the time the Jewish people are coming out of Mitzrayim. That's the, that's the final um, people, the 70 nations, and then... Uh, yeah, uh, and then the soul is breathed into that into that body, right? Of, seven, of, of seventy parts. Um, <clears throat> and uh, in what way? Why is the representation of the thing that the king loves the most is a pardes, a uh, uh, garden, so uh, an orchard? So the orchard has a number of connotations. Other things that uh, people have. A house has fun- is functional. A house protects you from uh, the elements. It's the place where you keep your stuff, things like that. An orchard is for tiul. Tiul means to go for a walk, to walk around, to just enjoy. I mean, you know, a person uh, has beautiful um, grounds Right with with uh, with uh, wonderful trees and fruit trees and uh, flowers and things like that. That is just for uh, the, the the pleasure, the the, the love of it. Uh, th- that's number one. And number two, of course, is the fruits themselves. Right, when Hashem wanted to make a place uh, where it would be pleasurable, where a person would would derive happiness, what is that place called? It's called the Gan Eden. Right, the, the the garden of pleasure. So it's not called the house of pleasure. It's not called the um, what's it called the the, the, ch- the chocolate factory. The what? No, yeah, the story about the children with the chocolate factory. Charlie. Oh, it, Charlie. No. Really yeah, there you are. Thank you. Well, it's called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You know? Right. The book is no, called that, but it's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Thank you. Yes. That is, really? Yes. Yeah. The second one is. There's something like that. Then the second okay. one is. Okay. 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 <laughs> but, but, uh, but the point is that that uh, no, it's it's a it's a it's a gun, right? Gun the thing that is the that is the most uh, pleasurable, most beloved. Is a part of That's the thing that the one enjoys. Everything else has utility, technical utility. I need this, I need that. So too, similarly, as if Hashem has uh, a purpose in the creation, and that purpose, of course, is to be native to the Jewish people, to that there should be Jewish people. Um, you know, 
of course, in the initial creation, there wasn't a Jewish people. There was other Mauritian. However, what people don't understand is, on the contrary, there was only a Jewish people. Meaning, other Mauritian is what the Jewish, what Abraham Avinu eventually made it back to after the fall of Adam. Adam, where he was, fell from the, with the hate of Adam Rishon. Uh, obviously, Roshan is the day that man was created, so it's worthwhile to talk about that as well. So man falls from his status as the, as the purpose of the creation, and Hashem allows for whoever will be, the, you know, will reclaim that name of Adam, Adam Atem, says the Navi, you are man. Man, you are Adam Atem, Atem, Adam Karuim Adam. You are called Adam Vlaumusol, not the nations of the world. They didn't never, they never made it back to the full shame Adam. That's uh, uh, only someone whose entire life is dedicated to to Avodas Hashem can be called Adam. So anyway, so that's uh, th- that is Klaus. What are, so then? So what's the role of others? Others, as we see clearly in the more beginning of uh, of Odazora. Uh, anyone who else who is not living the intended life with the Taryag mitzvahs, with the full assortment of mitzvahs, where the entire Ramach Evorim, the 248 limbs, and the Shasa Gidim, and the 365 sinews, are all dedicated to the service of Hashem. So a person who is not doing that, so then those people... Are, have a utility in the world, the, the, and that'll be, and that's their merit. Ultimately, is the merit of the Hasidi Umos Olam, merit of the uh, pious ones of the nations, is that they facilitated the Jewish people in their service of Hashem. That's why they have a chelik Olam Haba, they have a portion, por, uh, they have a stake in it. It's not, they're not creating that Olam Haba, but but they have a, they have a stake in it because they facilitated. So that's like utility. That would be like a, a, you know, a factory, a car, this or that. But the but the place of just enjoying being there, just the, the tool, the, the 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 enjoyment of being together, that's between the king and the pardes and 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 his and his orchard. So too, uh, here of course it means the relationship between Hashem and the Jewish people. Okay, so we have that. The analogy of the king giving his most beloved possession, which is the orchard, to his most beloved child, and that is uh, being analogized, of course, over here to Hashem giving to his most beloved uh, child, which is the Jewish people, uh, mishpat, judgment, which is most pri- his his most prized possession. Why isn't it the Torah? Oh. So, the, or just why? In what way is Mishpat Hashem's most prized possession? Right. Well, the Midrash says it's Mishpat, doesn't it? Correct. The Midrash brings a pasuk that it's Umikol Ma Shabarasi Ena Ohev El Eshadin Shneamar Kiani Hashem Ohev Mishpat. I am Hashem who loves judgment. So, in what way? Is it that Hashem uh, loves judgment, and in what way does that parallel to the way that He loves the Jewish people? In what way do they do they correspond to one another? So we have to understand what love is. The truth is, we, tomorrow night I'll be giving another part series uh, on 
Siv Ahavas Hashem, the morale's explanation of what it means to love Hashem, and of course, part of that is just the definition of love itself. What is love? It's an important word that is often used but rarely understood. But love means closeness. So, we say that Hashem loves Mishpat. It means it is the thing that is closest to him. Now, what does that mean? So if we if we think about for a minute, what does it mean, mishpat? How how does one judgment, justice, justice? How does one how does one understand justice? So, for example, uh, how does justice differ from kindness? Acts of kindness, acts of kindness are really wonderful. Right. Um, however, an act of kindness, a person could do sometimes an act of kindness. Other times, a person could not do an act of kindness, and it, and it's not. Um, it doesn't get a good person like furious or incensed if somebody else doesn't do an act of kindness. Yeah? If a person does an act of kindness, a very nice thing. But uh, but if a person doesn't do an act of kindness, it's their prerogative not to do an act of kindness. However, if someone does an an injustice, that really is something that gets everybody's blood boiling. Everyone who's I mean, today there's a there's a literally a daily assault out there in the in the crazy world that we live in on justice, literally, whether it be you know the the. The, the lack of you know prosecuting criminals or or uh, you know the flipping things on their heads you know it's, it's a, uh, reminds it reminds one of of the midrash it says midrash brings it Eliezer the servant of Avraham for one time for whatever reason how he he ended up in the city of Sodom so um, and uh, someone someone uh, Assaulted him, hurt him, so he took him to court. So, so the judge said, "Oh, he made you bleed, okay? But there's a, we know we have doctors in the city that they do bloodletting, and for bloodletting you have to pay money. So this person he hit you, he made you bleed, so you should have to pay him money for the uh, for the bloodletting he they, they, he did to you." So, so Eliezer assaulted the judge. Said, "You you just pay him for, on my behalf." So, but uh, but uh, that's uh, that's the world that we live in. But why why is that so crazy? Because justice is something that must be always. I mean, it's something that can never be violated, not even once. As opposed to chesed is lifnimishur sadim. Kindness goes uh, beyond the line of obligation. So as long as I'm within, I'm already, I'm within my rights to do it, not to do it, it's up to me. But I'm not within my rights to go and to take your thing. I'm not within my rights to go and harm you. I'm not within my rights to overstep the boundary of, of, of a person's personal space. Okay? And that, of course, says that there's certain things that Hashem established in the world as musts, right? Like a... Inalienable uh, rights. You, you cannot take away this from anyone. Every, every person has a right to this. And, and if you take it away, uh, then the, there's a, 
you know, it, it's it's an absolute uh, injustice. Now, without getting into why certain things Hashem made within the category of justice or injustice, and certain things Hashem made in the world within the categories of chesed that, but the point being that certain things are held much more close to one than others. This can never be violated. These are the things, okay, sometimes yes, sometimes not. Uh, that tells you the moment something is mishpat, the moment something is uh, din, then it means it's something that is this like kolish hakadoshim. It's it's holy. They can, it can never be violated. Such a thing, person can never can never be. It's the thing is mine. You you can't take the thing. You don't have to smile at me. You don't have to be nice to me. You don't have to use whatever uh, you know speech that that I find pleasing and whatever. But you can't. But you can't take all my things. You can't. It's because more basic. If you think about it, like inside of a person. The more inside that we go, uh, the the more fundamental thing is that, that and, and it becomes unwavering. On the outside, we have soft flesh, and if need be, if a person needs to squeeze to a tight spot, the soft flesh can give way. You know, it's uh, we we can uh, squeeze to a narrow door uh, if need be. But then there's the skeleton. The skeleton is the thing that lies underneath, and that is my atzmius. Like the Hebrew word etzim means a bone, right? But atzmius means the essence of the thing. The, what the thing is in an absolutely uncompromising way. That's why bones are hard. Right? When you get that much down, right? When you get that that much to the bare bones of the of the thing, beyond that, there's no, there's no, there's no compromising. Okay? That is... The concept that Hashem loves Mishpat, not to say that he that he values it more than other things in the sense of that it's it gets Hashem uh, I don't know excited around maybe 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 love maybe maybe vacuous maybe there's, all different things have greatness to them, but the the greatness of Mishpat is the, is the thing that is the closest that is the most. Uncompro- there is, there's no room for compromise at all as far as Hashem is concerned when it comes to Mishpat. And the same thing with us, of course. There's, mishpat is something that cannot be compromised on. What's the difference between Mishpat and Tzedek? Tzedek, in, in, in our context, what we're going to be talking about tonight, Tzedek is a little bit of a tricky word because it can mean it can mean different different words. Uh, but it, it, the way we're going to use it tonight, Tzedek would, would come from a language of Tzedakah. Of, uh, of doing uh, charitable acts, which is uh, um, an act of kindness, something that's not uh, that's not obligatory. Okay, um, now back to the Jewish people. So, in what we, how do the Jewish people correspond to this parallel to this? Well, the answer is that again, Hashem can compromise, quote unquote. On a lot of things in the world, one thing he he will never compromise on is the Jewish people, because the Jewish people speak to the very purpose of the entire creation, right? So that's something that you that you never compromise on. You, you compromise on, you know, the type of car or whatever it is that because those are all ways to get to the thing. But but the thing itself that has to be, right? Hashem's entire Revelation as the creator of the world is expressed through the Jewish people. 
The Jewish people is what is what the purpose of the creation is. That there should be a recipient, there should be someone close, there should be um, an expression of Hashem's will down here. So that is held the nearest and dearest to Hashem. So the Mishpat, which is uh, held closest to Hashem, is given to Klausrel, who are held closest to him. Okay, continues the Midrash. Amar Kodesh Boruchu, Nosanani Masha Havti, Laam Shani Ohev. And that's what it means that when Hashem instructs us, Shoftim Vishotrim, judges and um, bailiffs you shall appoint in all of your cities, that's Hashem is saying, I'm taking my Mishpat, the thing that I've, I'm turning it over to you, I'm putting you in charge of it. Right? Uh, and that's, and that's uh, says the Ramban, an incredible thing. We know Posak, we, 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 we say this Posak in the Rosh Davening, Am Yodea Trua. Happy are the people that know the blowing of the shofar. Hashem Panecha and Hashem in the in the light of your face we will walk. So says the Ramban, what does that mean? People that know how to blow shofar, they're happier the people that know how to blow shofar. There's plenty of people know how to blow shofar and oi to them and you know and uh, and and uh, on the day of judgment, right? So, uh, so says the Ramban, the true means people that understand and actually appreciate mishpat, appreciate justice. That's why out there in the world there's such a tremendous, you know, with the whole, the whole liberal thing where they wanna everything's relative, everything's maybe maybe this, maybe that, and that's why they they're so opposed to the Torah. Because the Torah says there's there's absolutes, there's there's mishpat, there's yes and there's no, and this is this is acceptable, this is not acceptable, this is an avla, and that uh, that's really um, you know, we'll see the the pasuk um, in says simcha latzadik asos mishpat for tzadik it is a joy to do. Uh, mishpat to do justice, whereas for Rishoyim, you can Mefarshim say take the the safe of the pasuk in two different directions. Umechita lepoile oven, so either and and and, and it's a, a breakage or a destruction the mishpat itself for those that do bad, or the, and and breakage and destruction. Is what makes happy those who do bad. But the point is that for tzaddikim, it's a simcha to do mishpat. Now, why why are tzaddikim so joyous about doing mishpat or, or seeing mishpat done, seeing a judgment? Why is that such a tremendous uh, happiness for tzaddikim? So the answer is right over here in our midrash that we're learning. Amar Kodesh Baruch Yisrael. Hashem said to the Jewish people, Bonai, my sons, Chayechem, I swear by your lives, B'schus Shatem, Misham Remesadin, and the merit that you will 
guard judgment. I am uplifted. I am elevated. I am, you know, you bring honor to me. Like the Pesach says, Vayikba Hashem Tzvokos Bamishpat. And Hashem, the Lord of hosts, is uplifted, elevated through Mishpat. So there's no wonder that Tzadikim rejoice in Mishpat. Because what? Because it says that there is a creator in the world. There is a king in the world. There is someone in charge of the world. There are rules that cannot be violated in the world. And, and, that's, and that's why when we do Mishpat, or when we welcome in Mishpat, which is really the entire holiday of Rosh Hashanah, is a holiday of welcoming in Mishpat. That's what the Ramban says. Back to the Ramban. The Ramban asked before, Ashrei Am Yudei Chua, happy are the people that know how to blow the broken nose. What's the, what's the big deal with it? So says the Ramban, no, it means people that understand and value and love Chua, Chua, the broken note is a symbol of Mishpat, is the, is the note that will be blown when we will go out to war. War, of course, is the ultimate Mishpat where someone has, has broken the rules, someone has violated something so much they cannot be tolerated anymore and, and, and the Jewish army has to go out, right? So, Ashrei Am, Yudei Chua, happier the people that value and love Mishpat, really having an entire holiday of welcoming in Mishpat into our lives and into our world. Why? Because really what we're welcoming in is we're welcoming in the King into our lives, into our world. We're saying we recognize that Hashem, you are the creator of the world. We recognize that you created the world with your, that you have some sort of a plan and, 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 and that plan is that there's things that are in accordance with that plan, and there are things that are not in accordance with that plan. So being that there's a plan, what does it make something wrong or not or, or right? It's, is, it, is the thing in accordance with Hashem's will or not? If it's in accordance with Hashem's will, then it's moral. If it's not in accordance with Hashem's will, with Hashem's will then it's immoral. That is wrong. So, being that there's a creator to the world, and that creator has a purpose to the world, that automatically brings with it that okay, that there's consequences to to uh, whether you are following that that expressed will or not. So, tzaddikim love that because it's a manifestation. It's the most basic, the most basic manifestation. Of the fact that there's a creator in the world is the fact that there's a right and wrong, the fact that there's uh, and, there's, and there's consequences for it. Whereas Rishoyim hate it because it it uh, uh, impinges upon their ability to to do wrong. Okay, now the question though is. Why is it that Hashem is so reliant upon us? We got back to the Midrash. The Midrash says Hashem swears to us by our lives that in the merit that you will do justice, I am uplifted, I'm, I'm, I'm elevated. Why does Hashem just do, do the justice himself? Why does Hashem first want us 
to do it. And the same thing, of course, is true on Rosh Hashanah. We're um, commanded and entrusted with the holy job of declaring Hashem as king. Why can't Hashem just come out and become king? Just, just, just do it. Just run, run the show, run the world. What does He need us for? What is this concept, Tamlichuni? Right, Tamlichuni, coronate me, coronate me as your king. What is this concept of in the marriage you do mishpat, that you do din? I am up, I am uplifted. in the mishpat of the Jewish people. The concept is. Because a person who takes control, who takes charge, takes uh, um, matters into his own hands, is would be called a dictator. The difference in a dictator and a king is that a king is coronated and a dictator just has the power. You say, fine, but what's the difference? I mean... Okay, so we call a dictator. What's the difference between a dictator and a king? It's true. In our world, a dictator takes the power. A king is coronated by the people. I mean, the people uh, or prophet says, please, we, we, we want you to be the king here. But what does it mean? What's the difference? So the difference is a dictator says that this is a way that things this is a way. This is the way things are right now. But it doesn't say that this is the way things must be. Just because it happens to be that you're, you're the strongest, you're making me do the things the way that you want. But when, but when I myself welcome the mission, when, when, when the people themselves coronate the king and say, we want your judgment on us, then it means that that judgment... Is is the truth? Meaning, when both parties agree, when when the when the people that are going to be the subjects, and of course the king who's who's that they're going to be the subjects of, are both on the same page, that means that this is that this is the the true reality of things. So only when the Jewish people accept happily and welcome in mishpat is Hashem elevated where. Ah, this is indeed the truth of the world, as opposed to just, you know, a big bully in the sky who who's making everybody do what he wants. No, we're doing it from our own volition. On the contrary, we rejoice with mishpat because it shows that there's a, that there's a boreolam, that there's a creator of the world. Incredible Gemara and Brachas talking about our very pasuk. Gemara and Brachas that base says a mosai. When is it throughout the Jewish calendar that it happens that Hashem, the Lord of hosts, is uplifted in judgment? That He's elevated in judgment? Anybody? That's so hard to figure out. Where. When throughout the Jewish calendar is it that Hashem is elevated? In judgment, through judgment, the, the pasuk that we're talking about, Roshana specifically and slightly more general says the Gemara, Asers Yimei Chuva, right? The ten days of which Roshana, of course, is the 
is the big kickoff for that, right? But really, truthfully, the, the 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 mishpat lasts all ten days. That's why the, the Ramban says that there's not even a need to explain what's happening in Rosh Hashanah. The Torah never says Rosh Hashanah's day of judgment because it's obvious. Because nine days after it is Yom Kippur. So get it? You have to be forgiven at the end, and you know what happened in the beginning. It's judgment. Yeah. Um, so these are the ten days from Rosh Hashanah until Yom Kippur. And that is why, incredible, incredible thing, the Maisa Rav, the records, the, the Vilna Gom was joyous throughout the entire day of Rosh Hashanah, and especially during the during the truce, especially during the during the blowing of the shofar, because this is literally a kiyum of the pasuk simcha letzadik also also mishpat. Say joy to a tzadik when justice is being done, because that's the manifestation of the king in the world. So mefurusha pasuk in Nehemiah. This was what was happening in Nehemiah. So we know Ezra Nehemiah came back to. Rebuild the second base of Migdish, and the Jewish people were in a terrible spiritual state. The ones that were back in Eretz Israel, intermarriage, Chil Shabbos, everything. People think nowadays, oh, it's uh, so many secular Jews, so much intermarriage. It's uh, happened before. And uh, and when and Ezra was reading to them from the from the Torah and and, and that was Roshana. That was Roshana. And they and they understood this is a day of judgment. They, they all started crying terribly from regret. So so Ezra says to them, Don't cry, don't bewail. Because today is a holy day for a master. don't be saddened. Because the joy that you have in Hashem's coronation, that is your strength on the day of judgment. That's the thing that's going to carry you through. Continues Hashem in the Midrash. time we have? We have more with 9.30. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so it continues the Midrash. So it, once once we've done that, once we're ourselves doing Mishpat, and Hashem is uplifted through that, and through the fact that you do this for me, that you elevate me, uh, through the acceptance of of, uh, of mishpat of din, afani oset sedaka. So then I will do sedaka. That's a little bit of an interesting thing. It's a switching around. So another place in the midrash explains that Hashem has two thrones. Like any good king, he has two thrones: a throne of judgment and a throne of sedaka, of uh, generosity. And when the Jewish people place Hashem, when the Jewish people coordinate Hashem and elevate Hashem to the throne of justice, then 
he gets up off of the throne of justice and sits down on the throne of tzedakah. What's the concept of that? The concept is very simple. One can only show um, generosity, extend clemency, be merciful when there is already a recognition that really he he has the power and is empowered to do the to to do mishpat to do justice to to, to uh, punish. Otherwise, it just looks like weak like weakness, like somebody is is just not really capable of of, of doing. I mean, if if uh, very obvious example, if a child refuses to accept the parent's ability to punish them, then the parent cannot just forego it and say, you know what, fine, I'll let you off the hook this time. Why? Because then the child thinks that, oh, my parent doesn't really have power over me. Like I could just do whatever I want next time. It's only once the child acknowledges, okay, I understand, and then I, I have to listen to you, whatever you're going to say to me, I'm going to do, if it means I'm not going on the trip or whatever it is, then, then, then I'm not going to go. Then the parent can say, okay, you know what? I'll let you off the hook this time. I'll, I'll let you go. But, but then and only then. So the same thing here is only once we've put Hashem up on the throne of, of judgment that he is elevated and empowered that he is the king of judgment and to do whatever it is that is just, then he can display mercy without without it without it coming off as weakness. So that's what the Midrash is saying, that once you elevate me to the throne, once you elevate me, then I'll turn around and I'll do tzedakah, and I'll, I'll, I'll do kindness with you. Continues the Midrash, not only that, but then I'll go and I'll dwell with you. Like the Pasuk says, V'hakela Kodesh Nigdash B'Tzdaka. Means once Hashem is recognized as being transcendent, as being uplifted, as being first of all in charge and having the power, and displaying such grace and such mercy towards us, we recognize how awesome he is. Now we're shifting a little bit already away from the yira and the and the and and, and the pachad aspect, and shifting over to respect and and being awed by how incredible Hashem is. Then Hashem could dwell with us because there's a problem with dwelling. If a, if a parent gets down on their hands and knees and they're playing with the child inside the sandbox, so it's great if the child recognizes, wow, my parent is so awesome, so hush of, so important, and yet still he's down here in the sandbox with me. That's wonderful. But if he thinks there's just another school child and you know a peer of his, then you've lost the entire joy that the child of the child having of the fact that the parent came down to him. So too, 
that Hashem is going to be with us if we recognize how awesome He is. That's the that's everything the Mishpat brings into our lives. Me the the recognition of Hashem as King and of being the Kela Mishpat brings with it mercy and brings with it a Hashros Hashchina Hashem dwelling with us. Continues the Midrash Ve'im Mishmartem Eshneim Hatzedakah and if you will follow me, you'll, you'll mimic me, and you'll do those two things the way that I do, immediately I'm going to redeem you. Because, of course, the king doesn't have any competition. There's no other kings. There's nobody else who's going to be in charge of the Jewish people. As long as we are perfectly mirroring that Hashem is our king, and our king is just and merciful, and therefore we are just and merciful, then there's no room for anyone else to display any power over us, to enslave us, to subjugate us, to have power over us. That's Gula. That's uh, where Hashem uh, is not only dwelling with us on a, as far as we're concerned, but as far as the whole world is concerned, where no one is, has power over his chosen people. Okay. As Hashem, we should all be Zohar to overcome our own personal fears of the of the Mishpat that there might be against us. We all are Basar Vadam, flesh and blood, and make have made mistakes, and there's a natural hesitancy to welcome in the Mishpat into our lives, into the world. But that is on the contrary, that that is our strength on the day of judgment, is the fact that we the fact that we welcome in the Mishput, the fact that we recognize Hashem as the judge with the power to punish us for the mistakes that we've made, that Hashem will obi Zoha to a display of mercy and tzedakah to us on on the for having been Vayig Bashem Tzvakos Bamishput. Any questions? Like, do you not end up just having very mixed emotions during Zacchaeus? Like, you're not supposed to be just joyful. So there's so many, like, different. And you're also supposed to be in awe, and you also have some level of fear. So, like. There are some of that say there's the, the, actually a mixed amount, a, a mixed. On the one hand, Rejoice for the coronation of Hashem. On the other hand, pain and regret over having not lived uh, a year with Hashem as the king. Uh, oh yeah, there, there, there are those. So, um, the uh, the compromise that, that I saw some bring is that for the for the first for the first kia person can can cry a little bit. But then for the rest of it to be to be to be joyous. No, no, no. Just one tkia. <laughs> yeah. Meaning ultimately Hedva is where Hedva is where the uh, we'll mention this. The um 
we see Hedva by uh, when Yisro comes to to convert, when Yisro comes to uh, um, to Moshe Rabbeinu, and Moshe tells Yisro about all the incredible things Hashem did to the Jewish people and to the Egyptians, and uh, so so it says over there that Yisro rejoiced. He uses language of of Hedva, and uh, so. Rashi says Hedva is two. Either it means Rashi brings two explanations. Either it means he was happy, he was joyous, or he got goosebumps. Why goosebumps? Because Yisrael had been a goy until now, and Egyptians are goyim, and you see how Hashem annihilated the entire army of them. That was like a little bit uh, scary for him. So the Malbim there on the spot says. That's the kind of the type of ju- different words for happiness. Chedva is a very interesting word. It means, says the Malbim, where the inner joy overcomes the external fear that a person has, the external uh, awe that a person has. So to a certain extent, that's the you know that's we hear in the pasuk in the Chemya, right? Of course, the people were rightfully so scared. But Ezra says to them, the, the joy that you have in spite of the fear and even the, some of the pain and, and, and regret that you have in this day, but the joy that you have for Hashem and for the world as being the king is greater than that. It overcomes that. That's, that's your strength for the day of judgment. So you first have to establish your fear before you can actually have that's uh, certainly the job from now until Roshan. I feel like the fear is kind of part of the accepting it. Like you have to first feel all the feelings in order for it to be real. Once, like in order to be able to rejoice and like let go of it, I feel like you kind of have to. So let go of what? Like you're saying to like accept and rejoice the judgment. So I feel like in order to do that, you kind of have to like feel the fear of whatever feelings you have towards it to and and then have the and then have the greater simcha for Hashem overcome that right, right. yeah okay wishing everyone a Kshiva Tova